So the structure of Proverbs is arranged into five major divisions. And the first division is discourses on wisdom. And this division, this is chapters 1 through 9. This can be read like narrative. This is advice. This is a story kind of a thing. And it's the story of a father giving advice to his naive son. And it's the the experienced father who's speaking to the young boy and basically saying, this is how you can have the good life, son, if you follow this. There are 12 poems that contain instructions of the father. And the father encourages obedience and warns against two main threats in the first nine chapters. The first main threat and the first main warning is to the naive youth of the appeal of conforming to the lifestyle, the greedy, the rebellious, and violent men. It's a warning against power. It's a warning of trying to just climb the corporate ladder for the sake of prosperity and for the sake of power. It's the, the warning against hanging around with powerful people or people who just want more greed, who are willing to do anything to get that, and you're becoming influenced by them. So basically... It is the warning against don't hang out with those kids because the desires they have are going a wrong direction and they will corrupt you and they will influence you. Please do not pursue that lifestyle, that boss or that person because it will corrupt you and it will destroy you. And so it's warning you against power, the greedy and the corrupt. And a lot of the Proverbs will show what happens to those kind of people. And yes, for a while, they are very prosperous and very powerful, and very dominating. But eventually, Hitler, Stalin, the Khmer Rouge, and and Fidel Castro, and Pablo Escobar, and even people like the head of Enron, and uh, they all eventually fall. They all eventually fall. And that will happen to you too. They all eventually fall. The second warning is against the temptation of seductive women and sexual morality seductive women. And even the book of Proverbs is not just the seductiveness of sex, although it is, but it's also the seductiveness of lust and passion. That that immoral seductive woman can lead you into other passions and other lusts and other desires. Warning is on one hand she is empty-headed and slippery. The the seductive woman is empty-headed. There is no true wisdom there. There is no true knowledge of the world. There is, and she's slippery. She's not trustworthy because she doesn't even know herself and she doesn't even really know the world and she doesn't even know what's driving her. That makes her empty and deceitful, but it also makes her slippery and destructive. And there is no getting a control over her. There is no being able to avoid her once you're in her grasp and clutches. And in this chapter, these chapters warn against that. But on the other hand, she is cunning and persistent. There is a cunningness, a craftiness about her. And the craftiness is how to ensnare you, how to tempt you, how to lure you in destructiveness. And the, and the teacher, the father, is warning of these two things. Not only does he warn against her, and not only does he condemn her, he also, though, condemns the man who follows her. Because the man who surrenders to her loses his dignity and becomes in bondage to sin and death. And he loses the security and meaning of hope of a close-knit family. So she may have no morals or principles, but he has no excuse because he's unprincipled and unguided by Yahweh. 
You can say, oh, she made me do it or she made me tempted. But you had no principles to protect you from her. And so Proverbs is instilling you the principles, the boundaries, the oakness or the unmovableness of a tree to resist her, to resist. What it warns is when you follow these two groups, you will lose your dignity. You will lose your identity. You will become bondage to sin and death. You will be yoked. Okay, you think life is hard now. Imagine living in destruction and sins, and some of you might have been there, and you're constantly looking over your shoulder when you're going to get caught. When are bad things going to happen to you? How you had to hide this, and the guilt and the shame that you're feeling, and the person that you can't hang out with, and all that is way much more of a burden than anything that you could ever have any other way in life. And then you'll lose the close-knit of family and friends. And that's what Proverbs is ultimately focusing on, is you're going to lose your own dignity personally. You're going to heap a huge bondage and weight upon yourself as you're constantly bearing the sin and the shame and the guilt and one, and getting caught by somebody. And you're going to lose the closeness of relationships, friends, and family. One of the worst things that God could ever do you is allow you to stay in the darkness of your sins and your lies. One of the best and most gracious things that he could ever do is allow you to get caught. It is embarrassing, it is hard, it is destructive, but it is liberating, freeing, and life-giving. Getting caught is one of the best things. In contrast, the father encourages him to pursue Lady Wisdom. Ultimately, Lady Wisdom as the attribute of God but also the embodiment of Lady Wisdom in the righteous woman who is upright and good. And beauty is amazing, but it's fleeting, but a righteous woman will last forever. So you encourage her to follow the woman, to be bonded with the woman, to make the woman your spinal cord that is wisdom, that is value. And so don't follow the attractiveness Follow the, the, the stableness. So then he goes in and he basically encourages him to pursue that. Once he's listed out these two warnings, it's interesting that these are the two biggest warnings. And even right now in America, these are the two things we value the most as Americans. Power and sexuality. The only thing that's probably right up there that the Proverbs doesn't really focus on the most is violence. But violence is usually a byproduct of sex and power. And then those are the three things. These are our three most dominant gods. And this is what Proverbs is warning against. So the next section is Maxim's expressing wisdom. Chapters 10 through 22. And then there's another section of chapter 25 through 29. And this is, this is where you get into the collections. These are pithy little statements. These are principles. They're two-liners. They're just like invest in this way and it'll go well for you. Stay away from these people, it'll go well for you. Raise your children in a way that's right and it'll go well for you. It's a lot of these kind of statements. Or it's the antithesis. The wicked will perish, but the righteous will prosper. And these are the ones that we're used to. They're written by a bunch of unnamed men, a whole bunch of men throughout the ages, most likely collected later. It wasn't like people are like, oh, let's go to a shared Facebook account and write our wise statement here 
It most likely people had wise statements and a narrator or somebody came along later and started gathering these together into a collection and put them together. There's no structure. There's no themes. Some are repetitive. Some actually contradict themselves. And they contradict themselves because sometimes that's the wise thing to do and sometimes it's not the wise thing to do because you also have to assess the situation and you have to assess the individual that you're dealing with. And that's what wisdom is too. Wisdom is knowing when to apply things to the people at a certain time. It's not always, wisdom does not always apply to every single person at every moment in life all the time. Sometimes it'll work in this moment and sometimes it won't. And wisdom is knowing when it will and when it won't and therefore when to apply it and when not to. And so there's all these statements here and this is what you take one a week, two a week or something like that and you meditate on them and you start drilling them into your lives. They're not meant to be read quickly. They're meant to meditate on. The next section is a collection of wise sayings. This division begins with 30 sayings of the wise. The second section, chapters 10 through 22, and then chapter 25 through 29, these are, these are like, I don't care how this makes you feel, I'm going to tell you how it is. Truth is not meant to always warm the cockles of the heart. Sometimes it's meant to rip you right open and help you become a better person. When we get to the collection of the wise sayings, chapter 22 through 24, then this is where they become warmer. They become more instructive, more compassionate. They're more personal. They're mostly appealing to the reader of what the do-nots and the occasional do's. And then the book ends with Proverbs 30. And this is written by Agar. And Agar was probably an Ishmaelite who convert from Arabia. And he warns against self-assured learning and sees the gaining of knowledge of Yahweh. So he warns against becoming wise in your own mind, through your own knowledge and your own skills. And if you struggle with that pride that I have accomplished a lot and I have succeeded a lot and you start getting prideful in that kind of way, or you, you are attracted to men and women who have that air about them, this is a good chapter for you to read. Because he's a king and he's warning about the wisdom that comes through our own experience, our own pride, our own confidence, rather than the wisdom that comes through submission and humility before Yahweh. And that's what he's warning. And the last chapter, chapter 31, is basically King Lemuel. And we have no idea who these two guys are. But King Lemuel is basically writing his mother's advice to him. He's a king. He's older. He's ruled an empire for a long time. And he remembers all the things his mother told him to do, the good things that he actually obeyed, and the things that he didn't obey. And he puts all these maxims into one chapter. And it's basically wisdom for those who are leaders or those who are having a family. And so this wisdom focuses mostly on how to be the leader of a kingdom, a leader of a company, or the leader of a family, of how to direct it. And once again, it's interesting that it begins with the teacher warning his son, stay away from seductive men of power and greediness and seductive women of sexuality. You need to pursue the woman who is righteous and upright and follows God. The book ends with Lemuel saying, find a good woman. Find a good woman. Now, in today's society, I would say this doesn't necessarily mean you have to get married. And it could be applied to find a good man. But it means even if you are called to singleness your entire life, then find a good woman or man that can be an accountability partner 
or someone you would seek advice from or someone in the church. Do not go it alone. And there are plenty of men and women, elders in your church, who have experienced and lived wise lives. And if you've been called to singleness, it doesn't mean you have to get married. It just means find somebody to guide you. Find somebody to disciple you. I am convinced that every moment of your life, you should be discipled by somebody and discipling somebody else. And I don't care how old or how young you are. There needs to be a two-way street on that. And so if you don't have either one of those or you don't have one or the other, then pray for it. Pray for it. And it won't probably happen instantaneously in the next week, but over time, God will bring somebody in your life. This is the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is basically just guiding you through this kind of wisdom. One thing that I want to give you is just principles of how to see how it's broken down, see how it's structured, and primarily see what wisdom truly is, what it's pointing you towards, what it's pointing you against, and that these are not promises or guarantees, nor something to feel guilty if you can't read through it in a week. So that's the book of Proverbs. Largely speaking, the book of Proverbs is saying wisdom is woven into the fabric of the universe. And it's largely embracing the retribution principle, saying that if you do follow these, largely speaking, it will go well for you. And if you do not follow these, then largely speaking, it will not go well with you. And it is not a promise or a guarantee, but it's saying you can hedge your bets on that. And even if it takes 30 or 40 or 50 years for it to go well for you, it will eventually go well for you. And if it takes a long time for that person to get its just desserts, eventually it will happen. But even immediately in our own lives, we know this. Largely speaking, if you invest your money in a wise way, you will have money at the end of your life. Yes, things can happen like Great Depressions and, and people cheating and that kind of stuff. But most people reap the benefits of wise investments. Okay, we know that largely speaking, if you find good, wise Christian people to be your friends and you take their counsel and you work together in prayer, then you will have good, healthy, loving relationships for the rest of your life. Can those good people betray you and destroy you? Yes. Can wicked people have friends that last longer than you do because you keep moving around or whatever? Yes. But largely speaking, we know that it will work out better for you if you find this certain group of people to be around you. And largely speaking, if you pursue sexual um, purity, then it, you will have a more pleasing life. Are there struggles and difficulties with doing it the right way and not ever finding anybody or not being able to have kids or all that kind of stuff? Yes. But largely speaking, it's way better than the person just jumps into bed and then asks questions later. Hey, are we a good fit? And so overall, what the Book of Proverbs is saying is when we look around our lives on a regular basis, largely speaking, this stuff does work. Yes, we can find many exceptions with dictators and powerful people and, and gangsters and or whatever, or people suffering, but those are exceptions. Most people, as we look around, this is how it goes for us. And so that's what Proverbs is saying. Proverbs is saying, work through the way that God designed the universe. Don't work against it. Don't work against it. However, as you're reading through this, and as you've lived long enough, there is that little question in the back of your head that's saying, yeah, but I can find lots of exceptions. And in fact, I can go to some parts of the world where it doesn't seem like it's working out for anybody. We can go to places like after, after World War II with the Jews. 
the Khmer Rouge and what they did to their people in Cambodia. Okay, what Saddam Hussein is doing with his own people before he died with the mass burial sites. The drug cartels right now in Mexico and the southern parts of America. Like, holy cow, what's happening down there? There's lots of people where it's universally not going well for them in any kind of way, no matter how well they're pursuing wisdom. And there's lots of people for most of their life that are really corrupt and really evil and really oppressive. that They're really living it up in a lot of ways. And yes, they may not have peace and hope and joy that passes all understanding, but with all the drugs and alcohol, they look really happy and they're having a lot of fun. And we can find lots of examples that last for many, 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 many years of where they are prospering even though they're wicked and they're suffering when they're not wicked. And that's where the book of Ecclesiastes comes in and says, yeah, but. So that's the book of Proverbs. Proverbs. 